Greetings, church and friends of the church. Um, it is the middle of August, which means we're now at the five-month mark in this strange season um, of wilderness and isolation, of being disconnected from what we knew for years to be normal patterns of life. And we know we're not to a new normal yet, so that's why we're in the wilderness. We're, we're not where we were. We're not where we're going to end up being with some sense of normalcy. We're stuck in between. This, uh, this is the next episode in a series of reflections about what we can experience and how we can be grown and reshaped by our time together in this in-between wild place um, because we aren't monopolized by just going through the motions of what's habitual or normative, but we can have an open mind and an imagination about how we can relate to God and the self and to others in better and different ways. Uh, to summarize this train of thought um, that we've been considering through this journey, um, we've considered the posture that we can take um, as we're in this place together, um, the, the posture that leads to learning and being changed. Um, we've reflected on being, presence, being present uh, to this time, uh, being empathetic, and being aware of, of privilege dynamics. We've reflected on assumptions that we make while we're here. We've reflected on our assumptions about what God controls and what we have the control over. Uh, we've reflected on the assumption that we ought not just try to go back to what this all was before this season because it wasn't good enough for everyone. It wasn't a place where everybody was flourishing. And so we also made the assumption that um, we need to have our eyes and hearts open to adaptation and creativity so that we come up with new solutions to ordering our life together that create a better space and society for more people and not just some. Um, we also reflected on the natural tendencies that are with us always, whether then or now. Um, these natural uh, things that have evolved within all of us as physical creatures um, our fight-flight reactivity, um, our tendency to assume the negative about others, and our propensity toward tribalism. We reflected next on the three major temptations that every human being has to wrestle with that come out from these natural tendencies. The temptation to self-elevate or self-focus, the temptation to seek power and authority over others, and the temptation to make um, our God understandings to, to serve our needs, to make God about us, turning God into something that God is not. Um, and, and the result of those tendencies and temptations uh, is the breakdown of our um, society, systemic failures, isms, um, that destroy peace and well-being for all because of these like purely physical things that, that guide and direct our lives. And so we we reflected on the need to have a spirituality, not just a, a physical habitual religion, but and, and not just physical tendencies and temptations, but um, room within our uh, person to have a different voice tell us what is good and true other than just these urges and fears. Um, and so um, we began to consider then um, isms within this framework, uh, physical causes, but needing a spiritual remedy. We considered in the last episode how antagonism is the foundational ism 
um, that leads to all, all the rest and how the spirituality of the golden rule elevated as uh, the central spiritual tenant in so many religious uh, and spiritual traditions is the remedy. That's, that's the spirituality that can help us to become something different together than what our animalistic and physical tendencies create. So our physical, our history is physical, it's animalistic, it's about all these tendencies uh, having, having the right of way within us, um, including much of our religious history. It's very physical and fear-based, and so our future has to be one that's built on our spirituality. Um, so the next ism that I want to invite us to consider in this episode is dogmatism. Now, dogmatism is adherence to a set of principles that are named by an authority as being incontrovertibly true. So let's pick that apart um, so that we have a better idea of what we're reflecting upon. Dogmatism first is an adherence. To adhere literally means to hold fast, to stick to something without being separated. Um, stickers adhere to the cars, the windows of our cars. Uh, stickers adhere to our floors and our furniture and all these things that our girls put um, stickers on. And people can stick to, adhere to, dogmatic principles. When our lives are uh, defined by an adherence, it means that our norms, our attitudes, our actions, our words all hold fast to our dogmatic principles. We, we're stuck to them. We don't separate or stray from them. The dogma becomes the, the determining factor of our conscious and sometimes sub subconscious decision-making. Our particular life ends up being ultimately defined by our adherence because we embody that adherence in the ways that we relate to other people in the world around us. Our actions, our attitudes, our words reveal our adherence. They reveal how we in our totality are stuck to that dogma. Next, dogmatism is based on a set of principles. Principles are fundamental truth claims uh, within a system of beliefs or a worldview. We are talking about principles when we get into conversations that sound like uh, this. I believe X. Well, I don't. I believe Y. Um, in the context of Christianity, we could talk about something like the Apostles' Creed, which is a set of principles. I believe that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Ghost and born of the Virgin Mary. In a context like contemporary American politics, we could talk about something like party platforms, with some believing in deregulation, lower taxes, and free markets. I believe that those are incontrovertibly true. And others uh, in regulation, more taxes, and unionizing. I believe that those are incontrovertibly true. Next, it's based on authority. Assigning authority to an individual or institution who uses that authority to identify and demand adherence to their principles. In the context of Christianity, we, we could consider how it was the authority of Constantine that shaped the principles of the church for the sake of the empire, or how popes of centuries ago put forth principles out from their authority that justified the slave trade, or how since the Reformation era, bishops and councils have been the principal defining authorities that have divided the church into more than 40,000 denominations along these dogmatic lines of what followers are supposed to believe. 
in the context of American politics, it's about leaders and parties putting forth principles and then demanding adherence. Presidents and presidential candidates have particular political ideologies and principles that they put out there. And then we are faced with the question of whether or not we, we will adhere to their principles. The same is true about the two major parties and their platforms. They force this zero-sum zero choice where we either claim our adherence to the tribe or we're an outsider, we're an enemy. We could reflect and probably should on how this dangerous inversion of authority within American democracy um, is so prevalent, where authority is supposed to lie with the people themselves, but instead it lies with the leaders and the parties. Finally, dogmatism is based on claims that the principles put forth by the authority are incontrovertibly true. Dogmatic doesn't say, these are our best guesses uh, at what is theologically and spiritually true, and anyone can understand uh, themselves as belonging to us and with us, even if their best theological guesses uh, as to what are true are different than ours. Dogmatism, religious dogmatism doesn't say that, but instead says these principles are fundamentally incontrovertibly true, and if you want to be one of us, you must consent to their absolute truth and adhere, because if you don't, you're, uh, you're a heretic, um, and you are not worthy of belonging to us. Dogmatic politics don't say, these are our best theories about how to socially organize ourselves, and we intend to try them, and if they don't work, we'll admit that they didn't work, we'll learn from our mistakes, and we'll try something else. And in the midst of this experimentation, we recognize that we all belong to each other, whether or not we agree. That's dogmatic politics don't say that. Dogmatic politics say, it's absolutely true that taxes or government intervention, labor and immigration are this way. And, and if you want to be one of us, uh, if you want to benefit from our governing, um, uh, then you must consent to these absolute truths and adhere. Otherwise, anyone who disagrees is a radical, communist, socialist, fascist, a threat, whatever you want to call them. So when we hold these all together, this definition of dogmatism, we realize that it's not just about religion. When we hear the word dogma, we might be tempted to think that this ism only exists within the context of religion, um, as maybe we are immediately drawn to our own experience within a particular organized religion, or we think of social critique of the dangers of religious dogmatism. We think of the movie Dogma, where Alanis Morissette plays God, but um, dogmatism can and does rear its ugly head in every layer of our society together. Yes, dogmatism is a central force in the evolution of organized religion, including Christianity, especially maybe, uh, to which I feel a sense of belonging and adherence. Uh, and that is true at the level of these world, uh, national worldwide denominations when talking about beliefs regarding God and humanity. And dogmatism can lead to things at that larger level um, it can lead to things like crusades and the slave trade and colonialism, the subjugation of women, the abuse and rejection and violence against the LGBTQ community, and all these other expressions that could not be more opposed to the core claim of Jesus at the genesis of Christianity, who with his authority put forth the principle that we all belong to God and one another, and that the ultimate expression of the incontrovertibly true life is love for neighbor, even the enemy.
But religious dogmatism is also a force at the local level. Um, maybe, maybe in more mundane ways and less theological ones, as people in particular congregations or communities of faith um, of, every, of every creed divide into tribes because of their adherence to principles regarding what they believe are in, incontrovertibly true ways of understanding the mundane things, things like music or how you dress or how the room is decorated or what your buildings looks like. Um, in our particular congregation, we've, we've had dogmatic conversations uh, about things like the right kind of music, um, the, the right time to gather, the right kind of seats that you're supposed to sit in uh, when you gather. And, and in the midst of all those conversations, everyone is, is wondering who they're going to adhere to, who's going to be the authority that puts forth a, a claim of truth, uh, principles about each of these things. And all of these conversations have distanced and distracted us from the incontrovertibly true way of Jesus. Dogmatism, yes, is a central force in our political landscape. In our politics, there are authorities who put forth principles they claim are absolutely true, and they demand loyalty and adherence to those principles. This kind of political dogmatism has led to some really striking examples of us straying far from our commitment to assign authority to the foundational truth claims of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. When we assign authority to and adhere to the principles of particular leaders and platforms rather than to the authority of we the people, all created equal with an inalienable rights bestowed upon us all by the Creator, seeking life and liberty and happiness for all, when we, we adhere to principles that violate these foundational American principles by supporting things like slavery and Jim Crow, suppression of women and minorities, oppression of the poor, the incarceration and, and indifference to uh, people seeking refuge. It, w it would be disingenuous of me and I think negligent of my call if I didn't in invite us with caution as a people uh, in this contemporary political landscape to reflect very carefully on the effects of political dogmatism in our life today. It seems that current political authorities are putting forth truth claims that are sold as incontrovertibly true when they're easily refuted with just the minimum amount of research as being clearly false. Instead of our foundational principles guiding us to believe that we are a melting pot into which all are welcome to come, some believe these these false principles that anyone who's not white or anyone not born here is dangerous and doesn't belong. Instead of believing that um, your life, liberty, and happiness are bound up in mind as this collective enterprise that we're all seeking together, some believe this false principle that's out there now that, that, that these things, life, liberty, happiness, are, are only deserved by those who can earn or, or accomplish or take them forcefully for themselves, regardless of what it costs others. Instead of being truly patriotic, believing that the nation as a whole is worthy of our support, some become tribalistically partisan instead, an incomplete and false patriotism. Too many of my fellow Americans are getting caught up in this wave of political dogmatism. Their fears stoked by their concern of what might happen if they don't believe, they don't adhere. Too many are leaving their 
fighting negative tribalistic tendencies unchallenged. Too many are turning against their fellow citizens and human beings with antagonism instead of with that truly American conviction to the principles of life and liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the protection of the inalienable rights of all people. Dogmatism beyond the religious and political spheres of our life together can, can, can be a central force in many other layers of our lives. Um, dogmatism can be at play in our family lives. Maybe we know what it's like for our family to have an antagonistic relationship toward a different family, like the Capulets and the Montagues, um, or, or maybe just the neighbors on the other side of the fence because someone in the family has taken the role of authority and demanded adherence by all the members of the family of these negative beliefs regarding the other family. Maybe we know what it's like to have antagonistic relationships within the family itself as antagonistic family members both claim uh, roles of authority and then demand adherence to their way of seeing and understanding things, which divides families against each other. Dogmatism can be a force in our workplaces and schools, parent associations, sports leagues within our fandom and the collegiate and professional sports world. The list goes on and on. Anywhere we see people assigning authority to, to a person or group of people who then put forth truth claims and principles and then demand adherence to them. Dividing into antagonistic tribes or teams of people at work instead of working collaboratively this, uh, despite differences of opinion is dogmatism. Dividing into cliques at schools where there are the ringleaders, uh, the authorities within these circles of the jocks, the nerds, the skaters, whatever they are today, um, where these leaders demand loyalty and have their own versions of the truth about all these other groups of people that must be believed by their followers. That's dogmatism. Becoming crazed and tribalized fans at, at youth or collegiate or professional sports teams and wishing humiliation, if not harm, upon the other team instead of being bound together in appreciation for the game and the fun of playing together. That's dogmatism. This danger of dogmatism, it's in every layer of our life together. Um, the danger that we get swept up in its lie, that we must believe and adhere to the principles put forth by a particular human authority. And then those principles lead to lives that are not aligned with what we hope or claim to be our foundational principles for our lives our foundational principles for our religious or our political or our family lives. There ends up being a real disconnect, a real dissonance between what we, what we say is foundational but what we actually become. Um, and that happens because this demand of adherence by the authority stirs within us that fear regarding what's gonna happen if we don't adhere. We fear that we won't belong, we won't be accepted, will therefore be at risk of alienation or isolation or opposition. And so for centuries and millennia, ideological threats have been perceived by our animalistic physical bodies in the same way as physical threats. Um, and we have seen fear of other ideologies, fear of not consenting to what authorities demand, trigger these physical tendencies of reactivity and negativity and tribalism. We think we're a Christian if we believe what the human authority tells us to believe, instead of believing what Jesus said, which is that we'll be known as followers by the way that we love others. 
We think that we are American or Republican or Democrat if we believe what the leader of the party tells us to believe, instead of believing that every human is equal, has value, and must be protected. Friends, we have to reflect with honesty and humility as we consider the ways that we've been caught up in the waters of dogmatism as religious, political, family, and work authorities have used these false truth claims to trigger our fears and our natural tendencies to become antagonistic, to become negative, to tribalize against others, and have demanded an adherence from us that has swept us away from who we truly are. If we are a Christian and we are most concerned about believing the right things and belonging by the judgment and measurement of human authorities, is that really Christianity? Or is Christianity when we're most concerned about loving our neighbor as the key principle of Jesus who offered that teaching with a spiritual authority above all others? If we are Americans, are we most concerned about believing the right things and belonging by the judgment or measurement of human political authorities? Is that really what it means to be an American? Or does it mean that we're most concerned about the life, the liberty, and the inalienable rights of all, allowing our founding documents to be the authority above all others? How is this true in our families? How is this true in our workplaces? How is this true in our schools? How is this true in every layer of our lives? Dogmatism brings only division and therefore discord. It's an ism that leads to the breakdown of our peaceful society that we were intended to have because it plays on those physical tendencies. But if we're able to listen to a different voice within us, if we, if we are able to ground ourselves in that golden rule spirituality, we're able to be truly Christian or truly American or truly human being in ways that heal the division and bring peace and well-being to others instead. Stay home, stay safe. If you have to go out, please stay distant, wear your mask, be well, and peace be with you all.